1: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC.
2: This podcast of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs is sponsored by AAA Heating and Air. Attention homeowners, due to upcoming government regulations, the current energy efficiency ratings for HVAC systems will change. Current inventory cannot be sold after December 31st. As the year 2023 starts, customers can expect to pay an average of 30% more for a new HVAC unit that will meet the new government regulations. So what does this mean for you, the customer? There's no better time to purchase a new HVAC system. AAA Heating and Air must empty their warehouse to make room for the new systems. No deals will be turned down. With their 15-year parts and labor warranty, plus guaranteed financing, they have made it possible for anyone to get a new system. Call today and enjoy your new home comfort as quickly as tomorrow. But you can only get this special deal by calling 803-677-1500. AAA Heating and Air wants to give you their best deal possible on a new HVAC unit, but you have to call today. 803 677 1500 and tell them you heard about this deal on 1075 The Game's Gamecock Central podcast.
1: Triple A air when you need us, Triple A heating and air.
3: It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, founded by Fireman with Pearson Fowler. Reaction Monday
4: here on 1075 The Game, and welcome in. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, Pearson, Preston, Chris. Wes along shortly. Chris Clark, was your pick more about what Carolina did against Tennessee, or was it more about the way that Clemson had struggled this year? For me, it was kind of it was a little more 50-50 as to
2: who would win the game. Yeah, it was a little bit of a gut feel. It was a little bit of looking at some matchups going into the game. And Wes Mitchell,
4: as we get Wes in here, was your final score prediction 29-28?
2: I know I normally go with like the football numbers, and yeah. I was just like, I feel like this game is going to be weird. Yeah, so I kind of tried to pick the weirdest number I could come
4: up with. On the
3: home of the
4: Gamecocks, 107.5 The Game. Three minutes after 11 o'clock on a Tuesday morning, and welcome into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour here on 107.5 The Game. Pearson Fowler, Preston Thorne, Chris Clark. Yesterday was a doozy as the transfer portal opened, and uh, Chris did the right thing. He fled the country. He's wherever Wes is right now, tagging on as a third wheel in the honeymoon. Uh, Chris, how's your tiki drink?
2: I am uh I'm the complete opposite right now of uh of being in the Caribbean. Uh, I kinda wish I was. <laughs> On the other hand I don't because uh not not doing so hot over here. I'm sure Wes is doing a lot better than I am.
4: Yeah, yeah, Chris is actually sick for those of you that are wondering. Uh being a real trooper giving us a couple of segments here today. Uh, but uh, yesterday was just insane. Yesterday literally almost killed you. Have you seen an updated number this morning? Because yesterday I saw 700. Bill, I, I heard this morning say 1,000. I just saw some, uh, I think one of the Barstool accounts tweet out that it's over 1,300 now. How many players are in the transfer portal and who's left?
2: Sure, Surely this can't be right, this number I'm looking at right now. Um, I think that might be a total number. Yeah, I mean, there's there, let me effort that while we're on, while we're talking here, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's over a thousand kids easily, so pretty crazy because you know I know some numbers have been circulating online recently about like <clears throat> how many kids have entered the portal like last year or the past few years and the percentages of those you know that have not found a home. You know, so Mm -hmm. it'll be really interesting to see how a lot of this plays out, you know, because it appears that the volume is going to go up um, in terms of the number of players entering the transfer portal. One thing that I think a lot of high school coaches and even some college coaches and just some observers are talking about guys is the fact that, you know, high school recruiting, like for late bloomers especially, um, some people are going as far as to say like it's killing it. I I don't know Mm -hmm. if that's accurate. But certainly when you look at the fact that, you know, sometimes like, let's say you're a college in need of a player, right? Well, at at a key position, well, if you can go and get a guy out of the portal that you have college tape on and you know, you can get him versus taking a flyer on a high school kid where you don't have quite as much information, you know, you are going to be a little bit more compelled. Now that, that may only take like a few spots in a given class for some schools that might be one or two guys for some schools that may be, you know, I don't know, 10. I mean, we've seen some schools, South Carolina, I mean, Michigan state one year, uh, take higher numbers of portal kids. And so those spots would typically go to maybe a junior college guy. Um, maybe they would go to a few late bloomers or a few just, you know, just generally high school kids. And so it is kind of fascinating just how, the advent of the transfer portal has changed the dynamics around the sport in general.
4: Well, and maybe partially allowed South Carolina to grab a a real diamond in the rough and nick him and worry. If some of those under-recruited late bloomer kind of guys uh, end up staying home more often than not, that's uh, that actually benefited Carolina in a couple of ways with DQ and nick him and worry. So uh, I want to, I do want to continue to pick your brain about the bigger picture implications Um, of the transfer portal and and just the absolute insanity that has been the last two years, and especially yesterday. But I do want to start with the news of the day. For South Carolina, we went over the list of guys yesterday that felt like not unexpected transfers, guys maybe looking for playing time elsewhere. But I think Carolina fans were a little bit surprised to see pretty much right after each other. Austin Stogner and Jaheim Bell put their names in the transfer portal yesterday. Nate Atkins' uh, eligibility is exhausted. Trey Kenyon, the only tight end remaining on the roster. So you can take it wherever, uh, you want to take it, but what does that news mean for South Carolina?
2: Yeah. So it's kind of interesting because, um, and and we won't spend the entirety of the segment having another debate about where we're slotting (laughs) Jaheen. we can call him a tight end, right? For for this purpose, because I mean, spends a lot of time in the tight end room. So let's call him that for these purposes. And the fact that, you know, as you noted accurately, now the numbers in that room have, have dwindled, right? So you're already going to lose Nate Adkins regardless. You have Trey Kenyon projected to come back as an upperclassman, uh, but you've lost Stogner, who had another year, and you lost Jaheim Bell, who had you know further eligibility remaining. And those are guys that were in your tight end room and played some key roles this season. And Nate Adkins obviously played a key role on this team really the entire year, but especially at the end of the year with how they used him, the special teams' ability. You know, Kenyon has been a key special teams guy. Um, So, it's it's really kind of interesting in terms of where this may go. We do know, you know, we talk about the transfer portal, something that's been kind of circulating. It it giveth and it it taketh away. We've seen some taketh away. We've seen some giveth for Shane Beamer. But they have offered a portal tight end in C.J. Dupree out of Maryland. Coming in for an official visit, not this weekend, but next. So, he's a guy. Um, who's a bigger guy who is who is maybe a little similar to Stardner in that he can be a true in line tight end, and then we know in this recruiting class they've obviously prioritized tight ends as well, whether it's an athletic option who can also play both ways like Nick harbor, uh cam Sandlin, a high school quarterback who they believe is a tight end, even c j. Adams out of Georgia, they feel like is kind of maybe more of that wide back type role and then another interesting one, more of a true tight end, Reed mcK from Texas who's committed to Miami currently as someone that South Carolina continues to recruit and, and actually has you know, very much in the game with. So definitely going to be some turnover there, um, but potential to add some new faces to the program should be interesting down the stretch.
4: Were either one of those announcements particularly surprising to you?
2: Um, here's how I'd put it. I didn't outright expect either of them. Hmm. I think – dogner was a little more surprising um i knew that he was watching the oc search i knew that he was getting nfl draft feedback back um and that it was more likely because that feedback wouldn't have slotted him as a you know high nfl draft pick or anything later rounds that it was more likely that he would return to school for another year um didn't really think that wouldn't be at South Carolina. But my understanding is there's an additional element there for him, and that is he spent three years at Oklahoma, and he's from Texas. And so some, something you may have seen come out afterwards is he is looking to get closer to home. So that's one element. Um, Jaheim Bell, yeah, I, look, we know how the season played out. And it played out kind of publicly, right, on social media. Saw some family members and Jaheem himself. In press conferences, you know, we saw some social media comments. We saw how many questions Shane Beamer and Marcus Satterfield at the time fielded about his usage. And so, even though South Carolina is going to have a new offensive coordinator next year, and that could change, you know, that that still leaves that part of that dynamic. Um, and and so, I think that's one thing. And then I think one thing you always have to consider nowadays in the transfer portal. We we've told people this. You know, NIL is a consideration for high school kids. NIL is a consideration for portal kids. And I'm just making that statement generally, not necessarily pertaining just to Jaheim, but any good player, good to great to elite player, who's coming out of high school um, or going in the portal, or maybe not even <laughs> expressing an intent to go in the portal, um, is going to have NIL opportunities places. And th- there's very much a you have to recruit your own roster element now more than ever in college football.
4: How surprised will you be if one or either of those guys ends up at Nebraska, reuniting with their old hug buddy Marcus Satterfield?
2: I do not anticipate that. Okay, I, I don't. I don't have a. I don't have the metrics. Uh, you're probably better at geography than me. I don't think. Uh, let, let's just leave it at a starting point. I don't think. I don't know how close. Nebraska is to Texas. Yeah. I don't or, think Nebraska's or, close or to anything.
4: So <laughs>
2: it's it's really not. But no, I uh I should have maybe just laughed at your joke and moved on from there.
4: <laughs> no, it's a, <laughs> that's okay cuz look, I mean I, I wouldn't be surprised. Stranger things have certainly happened. Um uh so what that I think that's seven Carolina players in the portal right now. Uh without getting specific and I'm sure there will be more surprises, how many do you think it will be for Carolina outgoing in the transfer portal this offseason?
2: really good question. I mean, we've seen something like while we didn't get a heads up of like, hey, this is happening, was it a surprise that Joey Hunter, Jordan Davis, R.J. Roderick, you know, during the season, we we did get a heads up that was probably happening. Were those a big surprise? No. I mean, guys want to play more. Um, R.J. Roderick, you know, Nicky Manwari took that job and ran with it. you know, took that opportunity and and never looked back. And so not Wes Mitchell always says not all transfers are created equal. And Mm -hmm. I think that's very, very true nowadays. And so um, it's hard to tell. I don't know. I haven't been alerted to the fact of, Hey, this guy, this guy, this guy's going to transfer. Yeah. I think it's fair to say there will be more. I don't think it's going to be 20 guys or anything like that. Um, But, I think there will be a few more, and I think you can kind of, a good starting point, kind of look up, up and down the roster and look at some guys that, especially if they're older, you know, junior, seniors, that haven't made a significant contribution, a lot of times those are the ones that you look at as potentials to move on, and then there's others that kind of, you know, may come a little bit more out of left field, which tends to happen nowadays everywhere.
4: Um, uh, one more quickly for you here, and then, and then we'll move into more of a bigger picture look at this, I think. Uh, but you mentioned Stogner was watching – the OC um situation for lack of a better word search yeah thank you (laughs) um does that mean that whatever insight he was able to glean and he was like uh not super keen on this guy or did it just not move quickly enough for him to have enough information to make the decision to stay at South Carolina
2: um I I would say I would say it wasn't the deciding factor Mm. um like, let's say Shane Beamer would have had somebody in place. I, you know, I'm just literally making this up. The, the Tuesday after the Clemson game, okay, you know, somebody somebody's in place and it's a done deal or at least it's reported so everybody knows that's the direction it's heading. You know, Stogner may have looked at that and said, okay, we're good. Or he may have looked at that and said, well, I don't really like how they used the tight end because that was something considered too. You kind of look at – and South Carolina's touches for the tight end this year, even for Stodner and Adkins, it's not like they call it 50 balls each mm-hmm. you know, or even in general. And so, uh, you know, I think for Stodner, that's a consideration. That's what happened this year. It doesn't mean it would have happened next year. But you just kind of look at that and how the year went. But I think really, you know, one, one of the main things that I was told is just, hey, when, you, when you're at Oklahoma for three years, and when you, um, you know, from Texas, you're out in the Midwest, yeah, you had a good year. You enjoyed your time at South Carolina, but you just want a new, you know, a new chapter or another chapter, rather, and and get closer to home. So I think that was probably the even bigger mm. um, part of it. Yeah.
4: Um. All right. Well, we'll have more on the transfer portal as we continue on here in the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Uh, Chris, I know you're not feeling well. You know what would uh, really help, though? You feel a lot better? Mm-hmm. A hot sandwich. I-
2: Dude, I was just thinking about that. Like it's on top of the way I feel you have this like very dreary rainy day. And so that's always a good hot sandwich day. And and I can't think of anyone that does it better than firehouse subs. So, you know, we one seven five, I mean, we reach a lot of people here around the Midlands. You can get firehouse subs at one of fourteen locations around the state. And the cool thing is, save you some money too. They have a daily sub special monday through sunday or sunday through monday however you want to think of it uh have a daily sub special every day. Tuesday is a very exciting one pearson i'm very much hoping that i can order a rapid rescue and somebody will get pick it up for me and <laughs> deliver it if you're willing to do that would be awesome uh 5.99 for a small 7.99 for a medium sub of the day today turkey bacon ranch mm. Oof, one of my favorites um if you want to try something new though fit up the new prime rib steak sub i know you and i sampled that at the garners ferry location the other day it was incredible Uh, go to firehousesubs.com to order rapid rescue Uh, you can download the firehouse subs app you can even order through our firehouse subs text line here on the station that is 803-404-6100 just send a text to that number and they will send you a link to the firehouse subs rapid rescue line
4: the best thing about the turkey bacon ranch is great for indecisive people or people that are going to stand at the counter and be like, oh, what's on that one? Asked and answered, baby. Turkey, bacon, ranch. I guess Pretty it does not say bread, in it, but yeah, you got it. That's the sub of the day. All right, there we go. A few more thoughts on the transfer portal. We'll zoom out a little bit. Big picture look at what has happened in the last 48 hours next.
1: If you are 65 or older, you know this. Watching your hard-earned dollars fly out the window on health care costs is frustrating. Well, here's something that can really help and it's worth taking a minute to look into. Medishare 65 Plus. Medishare is a community of Christians who share each other's healthcare bills. And it really is a community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. Well, MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation, too. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. And it's easy. You can use any Medicare-approved doctor or get 24-7 telehealth access from the comfort of your home. Very worth looking into during Medicare open enrollment, which ends December 7th. If you join right now, your second month share will be free. So don't miss this chance. Call 800 Psalm 16. That's 800 P S A L M 16. 800 Psalm 16. The world tournament of soccer happening in Qatar
3: is finally here. And with all the weird kickoff times and all the other sports happening simultaneously, it can be kind of hard to keep up. So to make sure you're up to speed, be sure to listen to Qatar kick around for the daily wrap up of all the action from the tournament from the group stage, all the way to the final, Andy, Lars, and Peter are here for you with recaps and opinions of what happened that day in Qatar. Everything can be found at the kickaround.com, the Cumulus podcast channel on YouTube, or wherever you listen. Broadcasting live from the Herndon Chevrolet studios, this is 1075 The Game. Stop by or shop online today and see why Herndon Chevrolet makes you smile. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen. With Pearson Fowler, Chris Clark, and Wes Mitchell. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The The Game. Game.
4: 23 minutes after 11 o'clock on a Tuesday morning. A rainy Tuesday. A crazy Tuesday. A sick Tuesday. Chris Clark joins us remotely. Sorry you're not feeling well, Chris, but I really do appreciate you toughing it out because this this is like one of the days when we need you the most, when 56,000 players have put their names in the transfer portal in the last 24 hours. I saw somebody ask what I thought was a jokey hypothetical question on Twitter yesterday, but I realized is potentially deadly serious, and that is how long until we have a team have to opt out of a bowl because they don't have enough players. And that is a ridiculous question to be asking right now, but – Like, at this rate, it's going to happen eventually, right?
2: Like, kind of like during COVID, it's like people are trying to play a bowl game, and some schools are like, you got to play. And they're like, we have 27 players, you know? Um, And some schools are like, we're not playing. And it's like, you have 75 players, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And that was a weird time, but, you know, we're in weird times now. Look, I think, um, like, what if a head coach leaves, you know? And like Scott Satterfield transfer, Yeah. I mean, and, and look, that's a bad situation right now over there because the like players saying things kind of like peeling the curtain back from how it was there. It's always kind of hard to tell is that a disgruntled player or two, or is this like the general feel and other people are keeping it quiet. Of course, Satterfield had the PR disaster of trying to get his name in the mix for other jobs. That mm-hmm. he wasn't, but he was. It was kind of a disaster, right? So, well, did you see yesterday? Yeah, I mean, somebody really, asked if
4: he was still planning to coach in the bowl game, and he said, "Which team?"
2: No. <laughs> yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. I mean, it is, and, and that is super awkward, right? Yep. Those two teams just happen to be playing. Yeah, I did not know that was real, but I mean, I, I think. Look, your scenario, or whoever you know, kind of conjured up that scenario. I think it's. It's possible. Um, You know, it's very possible that that could happen. At some point, I think one question is, is there some kind of market correction that happens? Um, Maybe, you know, and and that may be in multiple realms. It may be in IL, it may be in the portal. It, It could be, you know, that eventually enough data is presented that people are able to make better decisions I'm never one when a kid jumps in the portal I try not to say things like that's a terrible decision you know because there are a lot of different reasons for it Um, but there are there are realities to it that some guys jump in they do get bad advice and then sometimes they don't land at a home or they don't get to move up to where they wanted or Mm -hmm. they have kind of a false pretense about where they are I mean look a lot of high school kids um, still think they're going to play in the NFL and some do but only like one percent do, <laughs> so that that market hasn't really corrected either. With mm-hmm. you know, so it's just it's the whole thing is just really fascinating. Well, as I far mean, this, as, you know, where it may go.
4: This even started to go off the rails a little bit last year. It was crazy. I don't know what the number was, but it was a lot, and it was crazy. And like you said, a bunch of dudes that were just left in the portal and, and nowhere to go. There wasn't a home mm-hmm. for a lot of the players. But even last year, I said, I, like you, I expect this to market correct. I don't know how long it's going to take. Mm-hmm. Eventually, players are going to realize that the grass isn't always greener. It's not always practical necessarily. It's more trouble than it's worth. Uh, Preston, I steal too many of your sayings. I need them on hotkeys so that mm-hmm. I don't have to actually take them from you, but also what, what one of you would you text me about Jason Brown?
0: wherever you go there you are
4: yeah. Like, players at some point have to recognize that, and they will. It'll take a while for it to catch up. But I have to admit, Chris, and maybe I'm being a prisoner of the moment, even I, who have staunchly been on this will work itself out island, am starting to feel like, uh, is this really going to work itself out or do we need some kind of intervention here? Well, and, and that's that's the hard, you know, it's hard to
2: figure that out because everything in college football, except for the money, For coaches is going toward more power for the players. And there's not really a satisfaction on the part of player advocates. And again, I'm I'm not taking a side for either. I've been a staunch proponent of NIL for players. I mean, coaching salaries, um, I mean, we have – how many coaches do we have in the SEC? I think there's two that are $10 million, and they're both very good, Kirby Smart and Nick Saban. There are others that are close. Jimbo Fisher, Brian Kelly, I think, are in the $9 million range. Well, maybe
4: most importantly, so, I think after this offseason, there will not be an SEC head coach unless Clark Lee at a private university is yep. making less than $4 million, right? Assuming that Shane gets yeah, the, the think, raise that some people are suggesting he might.
2: Yeah, and I, I think there's there's zero chance, right, that he's not over $4 million. Right? I mean, it's just not, not realistic nowadays. And so, you know, I, nobody wants to hear, well, there's no money to – Hey, players it's coming from different pots right but there's there's money <laughs> to do it but just like what level I mean a lot of college football coaches now it's, it's kind of crazy I mean we, we can talk about their salaries but like think about an assistant you've grinded to get there it is tough and yeah you may make you know two to two hundred thousand dollars to you know 1.7 even two million dollars even as a coordinator um, but you are a coach you're recruiting you're recruiting your own team, and you're in some ways – I mean, they, they feel forced, feel boxed in if you talk to some of them to becoming like an agent type, right? <laughs> you're trying to figure out, oh, what's the market? You know, so it just makes it – it makes it really difficult on everybody. Like roster management is hard because even if you think you know where you're going to land from a roster standpoint after the season, that can change very, very quickly. But at the same time, coaches – I mean, look at Scott Satterfield, who you just mentioned. Coaches can move with no repercussions, yep. except for a buyout that they can either cover because they're being paid so much, or the school that's poaching them can cover that buyout. So, um, you know, it's it's just kind of gotten to this point where there's kind of a power struggle between all these like different entities, and it's hard to know you know where it's going to end up or land.
4: So, l- let me ask you then, real quick the the simplest and easiest question that's not at all going to be a long answer. Um, what is the solution? And if I could hedge that a little bit, like some creative, uh, a lot of the creative suggestions that I've heard have problems like, you know, move the bowl games till the spring so that the transfer portal doesn't, you know, destroy the bowls or, you know, move the transfer window until January. But then you do have to worry about classes and the academic proponent that at this point is just a nuisance uh, to the world of college football. Is is there an elegant solution that we haven't thought about yet? What, How would you solve this?
2: I, th- I, I think you nailed it. There are problems with all of them. Um, there was problems with the old system, which is why it changed. It's why why we are where we are right now. Um, I mean, look, it, it's kind of like the the offer letter thing that I mentioned on the show. I think that was yesterday. You get mm-hmm. to a situation where well, you can't or you can't enter the portal. We're we're gonna narrow it down. There's 45 days to enter the portal. Like okay. You guys don't think that schools are talking back-channeling with kids during the season right. or not during the portal? Sure. Or you think kids are not going to announce that they are going to go into the portal when they can? Sure. So was that really a solution? I mean, maybe administratively in some ways because obviously the portal opened and everybody jumps in and it's a mad dash. But did that really solve the problem? I don't know. You know, you talk about NIL. A lot of people say we got got to have a salary cap for NIL. Well, if you're, if you're instituting a salary cap, You have to make your players employees so are there going to be employee agreements between institutions and players that is actually possible some people in college football think that that may happen and then they'll start being you know conference revenue cuts um for players collective bargaining agreements with players you know the other side of it is even if the ncaa tried to say okay okay you're not employees but we're still going to cap nil earnings you can only make I don't know, you call it a million dollars a year. That's all you can do. Um, And maybe they even let them do recruiting inducements out of high school. Hey, go for it. You know, it's happening anyway. So now you can make up to a million dollars and it can be a flat out recruiting inducement. They probably won't do that, but Mm -hmm. let's just pretend. Well, the player side, which is very powerful now uh, in their representatives, they may say, okay, well, where's the salary cap for coaches? You know, so, Again, it goes back to this power struggle, and I talked for a long time without proposing any solution because, you know, I just don't have one.
4: Yeah. Well, well, we'll at least give you time to feel better and come back tomorrow before we put your feet to the fire on that one. Uh, I said that was the last one, but really, really, one last one, and you do need to go get better. And we appreciate you joining us for a couple of segments today. Um, well, two two quick things, I guess, before we get out of here. Is there any way to solve this without first establishing some kind of collectively bargained? relationship between these two entities in college football? Is that an inevitability for wherever this goes next?
2: To, and when I say satisfy, to satisfy everyone, that may be where it goes. I mean, if you talk to some administrators and coaches in college football, one of the answers you will get, um, even in the past few months, was, hey, in a year and a half, two years, maybe even a little bit longer, a little bit shorter than either of those, you know, we're going to be collective bargaining with these kids. And sometimes you laugh, but it's like, no, seriously, <laughs> that may be what happens. And so um, that could satisfy it. But, I mean, look, there's problems with that. Look at the uh, NFL. Look at the pro sports leagues. You can have collective bargaining agreements, but you have to agree on it. Um, and then there there can be a lot of other problems within that framework, too. So that that could be the best solution, but I, I don't know if it is or not. And it's it's all difficult because – you know, again, there has to be an employee relationship to do things like that. Do, do people want to get into that realm with, you know, college student athletes? I don't know.
4: Uh, would you like to tell everybody about Wes's Realtor?
2: I, I would love to. And right now, I don't need to buy or sell a home. Looking forward to buy or sell again uh, on Friday. Uh, we have still not recapped last week's, but we'll do that when I get back in, in the swing of things, live in studio. But our buy and sell, buy or sell segment every week is sponsored by our good friend Kendall Walsh of the Moore Company. Um, Again, I don't need to buy or sell, but Wes has recently, and Kendall Walsh helped him and his family do that. Uh, Former Gamecock Club worker, uh, you may know her as Kendall Belk, started her her career as an intern in the athletics department. She's a Columbia native. She joined the Moore Company as a full-time realtor in the fall of 2019. A bunch of real estate transactions for Kendall, a two-time graduate of the University of South Carolina. So if you want to buy or sell your home or you just have questions about the process, give her a call 803-414-3590. That's 803-414-3590 or workwithwalsh at gmail.com.
4: Sleep, uh, lemon, ginger tea, lots of hydration, feel better, and uh, hopefully we'll get you back in here soon. Appreciate you having me, guys. Yep, that's Chris Clark. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. It's going to continue just without the Gamecock Central guys <laughs> next. It's that time of year,
3: in-law season, but I'm ultra-prepared with Auto Bell Car Wash. The team will have my car so clean inside and out, I'll enjoy a judgment-free ride with my in-laws. Right now, buy one super-poly process wash and get one 40% off online at autobell.com. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen. With Pearson Fowler, Chris Clark, and Wes Mitchell. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. 11.39,
4: 11.39, Tuesday morning. Welcome back into the Gamecock Central takeover hour. Pearson, Preston, no Gamecock Central here. Yeah, you're... Sorry, you're alone over there. Saw me. Just you and that little Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, we appreciate Chris joining us, despite the fact that he's feeling under the weather. A lot going on. Several Carolina players in the transfer portal. I think I saw yesterday. And let me... Again, This this is this changes almost literally by the minute. But SEC Mike, who's always a pretty uh, pretty solid follow, uh, as of 14 hours ago, so what is that, late last night, it says his unofficial count of SEC players to hit the transfer portal during the first day. Florida and Texas A&M both had 15 players hit the portal.
0: Now, really quickly, this is not a trajectory thing. This is something that we expect that the majority of them hit the first day and then it sort of trickles out after that, or is it like... You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What is the pace? Ha- how, how does the there's just the pace happens really quickly, but then it's not. It's not like going to be 15 every day.
4: Right. Yeah. And that's a good point. I guess it's kind of like, uh, well, it's like what the early signing period has become. Like, yeah. Very few people wait till signing day. So Florida, yeah, has like 15. Like Chris Clark just told us that he did not think Carolina would get to 20, and they have seven now. So we right. have 10 or
0: 11. Yeah. The pace is going to slow down for sure.
4: Yeah. Some of it too. Maybe. I, I would think so. I would say the exception is maybe the schools that make big changes. Like if Carolina brings in an OC who's, I don't know, going to run the triple option, maybe all the wide receivers are going to transfer or something like that. Uh, or even just like, hey, I don't like this guy. I'm leaving. So there's still some room for that. Um, they like everybody though. Who? Uh,
0: they, the players? Yeah, they love every, all, every coach, every player. Everybody loves everybody.
4: Yeah, I guess so. Uh, until Special they don't. Place. Until they don't. Um Hold on, I, I just had a text here, and, and then I lost it. Oh, here we go. This is from DJ, re, some potential solutions. So It's just a thought I get why the transfer portal opens early, assuming because of the early signing period. But what if the early signing period is only for high school players? Open the transfer portal after all postseason games, and that signing period in February can be for transfers and high school. Would that solve anything?
0: No, because we're still, I think we're, if I heard that correctly, we're still running up against the semester issue. Oh, yeah.
4: What we were just talking about. Okay, what what if you can only transfer in the summer?
0: That's fine. After the end of the semester, but coaches are so, again, they are not victims. I have to keep saying this. Yeah. Because the coaches want these transfers in for spring practice mm. so that they can come in and incorporate them into their system. It's not, they are, they are not victims. They want this. The summer idea is a solid idea after the end of the actual school year. Mm -hmm. So, if say, if you're planning to transfer, you sit out. You don't participate with the team during the spring. Mm -hmm. And then you can go take summer classes. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But coaches don't want that.
4: And I I don't really care what the coaches want because I would love to restrict the coach movement, too. Like, this Scott Satterfield coaching both teams in the bowl game, that's an embarrassment. Like, it's funny it's entertaining. I'm going to enjoy talking about it and watching it with just a strong sense of schadenfreude, like, oh, this is ridiculous. But it's not really good for the sport. We should try to... Not to sound like a crazy, like, staunch traditionalist here. Not to say, like, oh, people shouldn't move. People should only live in their hometown. But we talked about this earlier. Like, we should make it hard for me for, for people to make big decisions like that because more often than not, it's not working out. Like, just... I don't know. I mean, I, I, you, you, Chris is exactly right. Like, the coaches do whatever they want and there's no repercussion. So, I don't want to make it harder for the players if it's going to be just as easy for coaches. But the whole, the end result of all of this is just that the entire, it, it all gets watered down. And it doesn't really help people as much as I think it was designed to, at least not in the way that it's constructed right now, best I can tell.
0: No, it does not. And yeah, I don't know. More, more, This is why it's difficult because, and this is why people are less likely to take public opinions because, again, I am 100% for player movement, freedom of movement for players, and I'm also, as Chris stated, I'm also for players being compensated by being able to capitalize on their name, image, and likeness. Mm -hmm. But there are some issues with the way the system is currently set up, and those issues need to be... Resolved in order for us to get to a better, a better system for all parties.
4: Yeah. Um, I write down four topics for every hour, twelve topics a day. Mm-hmm. We've gotten to topic two and hour number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let me just ask you: Max Duggan, Stetson Bennett, C.J. Stroud, Caleb Williams, are get, your Heisman finalists?
0: Get Caleb out of here. Okay. Not really impressed with C.J. Max Duggan is tough, but he probably shouldn't win. Stetson Bennett's not on that list. No, he is.
4: And I guess it's Stetson. It's De- you guess it's Stetson. Mm-hmm. I feel like the Heisman Trophy winner should never be. I guess you're right. I feel like it should be emphatic. You don't feel like anyone's just taking it this year?
0: No, hmm. that's disappointing. Also, I think Stetson has aged out of Heisman Trophy. I think so. We we're half baking this idea about an age limit. Shout out to pops if you're listening. And I said it jokingly, but I'm coming around to this idea that there's a difference between you being a 25-year-old man playing against 19-year-old young adults.
4: Yeah. Maybe this is part of the disdain that I'm developing for Stetson. It's like, yeah, you should be better than these 18-year-old kids. It's not impressive. I I don't want Stetson to win because I have read enough of the stupid walk-on stories. I'm tired of it. Walk-on? Yeah, walk-on.
0: Yeah, that's another That's another way they try to couch it. Oh, he was a walk-on. Well, there's a difference between walk-ons and what some people are. It's not the same.
4: Yeah. I'm pulling for it not to – I guess I'm pulling for Max Duggan. He was uh, enjoying a nice uh, Coors Light at a Mavs game last night. <laughs> Tight. Because he's old. <laughs> Older than almost everyone else in there. Yeah, Stroud not that impressive. Caleb Williams is fun to watch, but um, I don't know. I hate that you can't win the Heisman if you're injured. That seems like a stupid rule. Hendon Hooker was the best player for most of the season. And he's injured, so he can't win it, which I dislike. I would vote for him. That's a
0: rule rule or just a general consensus? That's
4: a great question. I don't know. I think it's a rule, but it might be. I have no idea. Mm -hmm. I need to look. Actually, I just need to text Heath Klein because he would know. And Mm -hmm. actually, we do have a Heisman voter at the station. We might have multiple. I should ask them. I need to find out. I'll effort that. 803-404-6100. 803-404-6100. If you want to get us in the Firehouse Subs text line, you can do that, or the Love Chevy phone line at the same number. Both of us or are available for you as well on Twitter, at Pearson Fowler, at Coach P Tweets. It has been a wild Tuesday, and we'll wrap things up here on the Extra Points slash Gamecock Central takeover. Our next podcasting
3: Broadcasting live from the Herndon Chevrolet Studios, this is 1075 The Game. Stop by or shop online today and see why Herndon Chevrolet makes you smile. It's the Gamecocks Central Takeover Hour Presented by Firehouse Subs Founded by Firemen With Pearson Fowler, Chris Clark, and Wes Mitchell On the home of the Gamecocks 107.5 The Game
4: A couple minutes left here in the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour Although no Gamecock Central guys here right now Pearson Fowler, Preston Thorne here with you Um, We did some double-checking during the break, and it doesn't seem like there is a rule specifically in place that prohibits injured players from winning the Heisman Trophy. But for whatever reason, it seems like most voters just don't vote for injured players, I guess. What is the Heisman Trophy?
0: Now, then, uh, I assume the Heisman Trophy is the best player in college football in a given year.
4: So who's better than I don't know, Will Anderson? I know we do this every year. It's like, why can't someone else win that? Like someone else besides a quarterback can be the best. But even if we are limiting it to best offensive player, or best quarterback or whatever, like you don't have the two best quarterbacks in the country as your Heisman finalists and that's Bryce Young and Hendon Hooker.
0: Well, you think about a receiver is going to be tough to get because if a receiver has made that list, his quarterback has thrown him the ball probably. So his quarterback is going to be on that list. Yeah. Running backs. The position has changed obviously in a modern game of football you used to be dominated by that. I think it's just who is currently driving the engine of college football. And right. And it's more and more quarterbacks now.
4: I guess so. It's disappointing. I can't believe Hendon Hooker wasn't on the list. Bryce Young, you understand because they had a disappointing season and, he can't He can't take the credit without taking some of the blame, I suppose. I mm-hmm. uh, missed a little bit of time this year as well. Uh, I don't know. Just disappointing. And more than anything, just really hoping that Stetson Bennett doesn't win it. I don't think C.J. Stroud or Caleb Williams deserves it. I want Max Duggan to win it of those four. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Probably Stetson. People love so. people love walk-ons. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a great story. A I guess so. 25? 20, 24?
0: No, they say he's literally 25. Who is the, well, Pops,
4: who's stuck around? Like, who, Who did you play with anybody that was just, like, ridiculously old?
0: No. By the time I was in my fifth year, I was 23. And seriously, and I don't, I know how things, but when you're 23 year old and you're in the same room as 18-year-olds, y'all, the only thing we really have in common is that we both play on this football team, mm-hmm. but other than that, we're not, we shouldn't – let me say we're not. We should not be in the same stratosphere of of life. Yeah. We're not doing the same thing.
4: Well, and it's very different, too, I would imagine, without, I guess, specifically having been in that situation, from a 23-year-old rookie in the NFL and, like, a 34-year-old vet I think there's a lot more in common probably with the twenty three year old and the thirty four year old than there is between an eighteen year old and a twenty three year old. No,
0: I've heard I've heard veterans in the NFL. You get to a point where you're just looking at the young dudes, you like, what are they really? What are they doing? How are they dressing, what's the music they're on now? Mm. It's like, hey guys, anybody wanna hear a little earth for the fire us? <laughs> like, no, nobody wants to hear that. You know what I'm saying? Like at a certain point you just age out and I wonder I wonder how that looks. I wonder if that's you said it, man. Some, at some point, man, you gotta you gotta get off the nest. Yeah. You gotta grow up. Get out of here.
4: Do something else. Um, real quick, no real offensive coordinator search update for South Carolina, but Matt Berry tweeted this out about uh about an hour ago. Dan Mullen was uh on with Rick Neuheisel and was asked about the South Carolina O.C. rumors and said, quote, they're going to hire a great O.C. It's just not going to be me. End
0: quote. It's interesting. We'll believe it when we see it. Um, I I guess we take his word for it. I guess so, yeah. This is not for today, this is for another time. And maybe Heath, Rick Neuheisel, what does he do? He's always around. And from my understanding, he's never actually been any good. Hmm. And he's always around. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. He might be He might be better at stealing than Gene Chizik. He might be. Think they're in a club? <laughs> They've fig- they figured some things out. I do if there's somebody who's club. familiar with Pac-12, Pac-10 football and can tell me, like, oh, yeah, Rick Newhouse, like he was the innovator of whatever. I, I just don't. I know he has. he gets jobs, and then he's on TV. He's not especially smart, not great looking. I don't know what he does.
4: No answer. Okay. I just I don't know.
0: I'm just wondering.
4: But yeah, you're right. Heath will know. We'll ask Heath. Um, but not Dan Mullen, if he is to be believed. It's almost like whenever someone says anything about a job, I'm just like, oh, they're lying. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I, I, I appreciate. The
0: first time but, I read it, actually. Sorry, go ahead. No, but also, yeah, it might not be you, but that doesn't mean it wasn't going to be you. Mm. you see what i'm saying like they they're so slick at making these statements like yeah they might but it's not gonna be me but dan it was gonna be you last week Mm. and something happened and it changed and now you know what i'm saying like i don't and we'll never get
4: the full story they're sneaky because dan's gonna say he turned it down and shane's gonna say we didn't want him (laughs) the first time i read this i read it as they're going to hire a great oc it's not going to be me and i was like oh wow like some real humidity uh humility from Dan Mullen but no, uh, a, a different a different great OC
0: no he was actually saying they're gonna get somebody who's great but just not me because I'm great also
4: yeah yeah but uh I don't know promising if you're a Carolina fan for Dan Mullen to uh, a compliment from Dan Mullen to Shane Beamer I guess in a way I don't know if we'll have an update on that tomorrow we'll keep you posted as soon as we get them though I'm sure we'll have more transfer portal news maybe in maybe out maybe they'll be canceling bowls left and right this time tomorrow so good luck to everybody trying to keep up with this nonsense. We'll be back tomorrow. That's all we have time for. Halftime show is coming up next.
2: 18 plus.